Welcome to Lives Reinvented. When we talk about reinventing our lives, it could mean so many different things. We could reinvent ourselves from our personal lives, maybe having a baby, going through a divorce, maybe getting married. And then there's also changes in your career that might come into play. And as we've talked about before, changes can be from your own needs, wants, and desires, or they could be forced on you, like a lot of us have experienced during the past year. Today, I have the utmost honor and pleasure of welcoming my longtime friend, Patty Pay. And Patty started her career in the IT industry, focusing on sales and business development. She then transitioned into the travel industry where she continued her career in sales. Within those years, Patty has seen all aspects of the travel industry, including leisure, incentive, corporate, and the employee and enterprise engagements. I have to tell you, knowing Patty, she's fearless. And well, on the outside anyway, so we'll find out what emotion she had in the middle of all of that as we move out throughout this podcast. But she seemed to be fearless and never have I seen Patty without a smile on her face. And that was so uplifting. She uplifts everyone that comes in contact with her. She was raised in Ohio in a suburban life. That was her life. And then she moved to Pennsylvania. And then came the big one when she moved to the Big Apple. And oh, what a change that was. Patty, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, Lenore, it is just my pleasure and honor to spend this time with you and continue our friendship, you know, in, in our new, new chapters as we're in. Right. And, you know, what always reminds me and what I always appreciate and grateful is, is the roots and the, the, the dear friendships and the relationships I've had along the way. And my gosh, girl, we, we, we've been there (laughs) as much as we spend time together or we go through those pauses where we may not, um, you know, talk or see each other on a regular basis. It's as if no time passed, you know, and we just catch up, which is beautiful. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's, I think that's the beauty of it too, is that, you know, we create these friendships and, like you said, you know, we could go for years without talking to each other, but you know, there's certain things with certain people that just click. Right. And I mean, I've met people along the way that I could care less if I ever saw again, you know what I'm saying? But you don't fall in that category. You always make me so happy. Your energy is so wonderful. And I'm sure that all of the energy that that positive energy that you have is one of the reasons why you are able to reinvent yourself. What seems to be so easy, although I know that there's probably a lot of emotion and we'll get, we'll get into that later on, but you know, your energy is just so positive. I don't ever remember seeing you in the middle of 5,000 people at a convention. Never (laughs) once have I seen you frazzled. Does it ever happen? Oh my God. All the time, all the time. That that's, that's why we have hair color and that's why we put in eyebrows and, you know, we just, we just, you know, have our, our places that, that we try to keep calm and, and grounded, you know, and, and, um, you know, I, I guess it, you know, it's a matter of appreciating your journeys and the people that you had along the way. And, and what I always appreciate about our friendship and you 
and for me personally, which, which makes such an impact was, you know, as you said in my bio, I made that big move to the Apple, but you and I met long before that, you know, I was, I moved out East during a very, very, very fragile time for me, probably one of the most fragile times in my life when I was divorcing, um, leaving Ohio, leaving my roots, leaving all my friends, I was divorcing after a 12 year marriage to my college sweetheart. We were together for 17 years and I was going through personal transformations and discoveries at that time. Um, I was taking my athletics to, as I've always been athletic and playing sports and having that in my life, but I had gotten into, into training and strength training. And I had a personal trainer and he's still my friend and dear friend to this day and knows me better than I know myself. Um, opened up a very courageous and vulnerable place for me of going into bodybuilding and figure competing. And so I took that journey from a learning experience and it's the most vain sport you could ever be in. Right. You know, and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be there on stage. And you put these, you know, bikinis on and you goop up all your body and, you know, you were out there in front of people and you're trying to flex your muscles and show these things and still be feminine. And like, you know, and I've always been on stage because of basketball or a theater or being in choir, but this was different. You know, this is for women, your self image, and having to separate that a bit, you know, and it, if it wasn't those experiences that allowed me to appreciate myself and appreciate the, the, the way people accepted me and, and how they brought me in, you know, because it was so intimidating moving out east and getting into the New York area. And you were just always so welcoming and so lovely and just made it just like, you got this girl, don't worry about it, you know, and, 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 and you're part of us now, and we'll, we'll take care of you, but, you know, you, you put, the only way you can do is put, you've got to take that risk, you got to put yourself out there, and there will be people that'll be there along the way, and there will be people that will do everything they can to take you down. Yeah, that must have been, like, so, I mean, the divorce within itself, I mean, if to be, I would imagine that being with someone from, you know, such an early age yes. and all those years afterwards, like that had to be very scary for you going out and, and becoming single. Oh, and was it? Oh, it, 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 it was so scary because I always considered myself a relationship person. Even when I was like, I was never a big dater, you know, kind of growing up. Like I always would have a boyfriend or somebody and that would be it, you know, like, so, so moving to a new area, to a new area of the country that just view the, you, you engage differently, you know, it, yeah. it, it's, trans, you know, transient to a degree being single and, and not, I've never really experienced like being single, you know, that, that way it was so scary. And it took me a really, really long time to give myself permission to be single. I love that. I love that. I mean, that's something that a lot of us don't do. And, you know, being a social and emotional mm -hmm. intelligence coach, as a matter of fact, I'm reading a book right now called, called Permission to Feel. Uh -huh. And so, you know, giving yourself permission to experience things, I think is a big part of successfully reinventing yourself and really uh -huh. being able to enjoy that journey. Yes. So what did you like? What type of self-talk were you doing during the time that you were going through this divorce and you were going through this transition and what did it take for you to get to 
permission to feel what you were feeling and permission to be single again? I, I did a lot of self-reflection. I had to first come to terms with what got me to that point in my life of who I was to myself, who I was in my marriage, who I was to my friends. Like I really had to take a step back and it's constantly, you know, with that, like what, what have I learned out of this that I can reinvent or fix or be more aware or be, um, be proud, you know, be proud of too, and and be loving, you know, because at first, when you go through this, these kind of changes, the first thing you're going to do is shame yourself. I should have done this. I didn't do this enough, or I, you know, all the wrong things and all the bad and the negative things when I, I, you know, through counseling and support and just putting myself out there in my interests that led me to new relationships that I could talk to and they could see a completely different perspective from people that didn't know me versus in addition to my core group of people. Cause like you, my friends are scattered all over the world that are right. part of my inner circle, you know, and, yeah. and I, I didn't have that support system, you know, from them um, physically, you know, so it was at a distance. So I think that distance and doing that much disruption at one time allowed me to see things so much differently had I found a safe place, you know, and, and kind of um, internalized it, you know, because I was forced to do so much and put so much outreach there that it was surfacing everything, you know. Yeah. So I had to take that time to recognize that and and understand how people were responding to me and why. Like, you know, when I would meet guys, particularly when I meet guys and I'm single and the way that they responded to me was different than I'd ever had because I didn't think of myself that way to begin with because I never thought myself available. Yeah. Right. You know, so then like now I'm available. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know. If, you know, like this is way too much. You know, I don't you know, why are you why are you giving me these comments? You know, and what am I projecting that is causing, you know, this kind of response, you know, and and I was, you know, I, it's a self-respect, you know, type of thing, you know, really having that self-respect um, and self-love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that that has been such a journey, you know, that has been such a journey of, of developing that and the self-worth and the, the only way that that has been able to evolve and grow is putting myself in very vulnerable, courageous situations to, to, to test myself and how much I could love myself. And how scary is that? Oh my God. Petrifying? Depression, <laughs> you know, oh my God, what am I doing? Where do I go? You know, how do I fix this? Because this is horrible, you know. <laughs> uh, it's not easy. It's really not. And so, like, and I'm I'm sure I, I know when I when I've reinvented myself a lot of times, yes, I have had input from friends, relatives, or everybody had something to say. Yes. Not always was it positive. And so, you know, not always did I get the reinforcement. I'm wondering if you had any of that. And if you did, how did you overcome it? Yeah, I had a lot of that. And I, the ones that have been most impactful and most transformative were the advice or the feedback that I didn't want to hear because people were being honest and they called me out. And they helped me see things that I couldn't see because you just kind of get 
clouded by that. And a lot of it's based on our influence and our upbringing and the people that we were around and, and what that mentality was. And I, although it was hard to hear, it's what I needed to hear, you know, because I don't, you know, don't, don't stroke me all day long or don't give me smoke and mirrors just to tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. That's going to help make myself better and help make our relationship, whatever that is better and do the same for me. Give me the same respect back. I just ask, if you ask this of me, then I'm going to ask it of you. And we're going to have to come to this in the middle of meeting honest. And if we don't agree, that's fine, but we expect, you know, respect and honor each other and we, we move on for it, you know, but I think, you know, those things that forced me to look at myself in a way that I hadn't before, because I've been kind of, oh, I don't know. You know, you you only see what you see because that's all, that's all you know. Right. 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 Well, but it's so, you know, it's so brave because a lot of people can't take that constructive criticism or, you know, other people's straightforward outlook on your life. I actually had an experience a couple of years ago when I bought this house. So for me, it's like, I know that an open mind, yeah, an open mind is something that you really need. And and people say things not because they want to hurt you, but out of love. And when I was buying this house, my, my idea was that I wanted to buy an old house with a lot of land, a lot of character, a front porch, et cetera. And I happened to have come across a wonderful realtor. And where we're driving along, looking at these old, big, beautiful homes that I, I, I could have afforded. And, you know, it was making me happy. And she and I didn't want neighbors near me either. So she said to me, oh, she goes, I have to ask. She goes, and I'm, I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to. She goes, how old are you? And I told her. Yeah. She goes, listen to me. She goes, do you really <laughs> want an old house that you're going to have to continuously fix? Do you really want a lot of land that you're going to have to take care of and mow the lawn and being single and being away from your family? Do you really want to be out in the woods where God forbid you're dead and cats are eating you for the next three months? I said, That's a really good point. Show me a brand new house. Oh, good for you. (laughs) It was great. So, but you know, that's sometimes that's hard for people to hear because and, and I'm, and I know that you don't have these blinders, but we put these blinders on ourselves. And it just, well, I, I think part of that is what, where I, where I will go down a path of, of I, I have very high aspirations of how things should turn out. So it's that ideal yes. situation and that, and, and even with relationships and people like, what is the I, ideal piece of it versus a little bit more pragmatic, realistic, you know, piece of it. So, cause I can live up, you know, five, five steps above my head. I'm like, Oh yeah, that'll be easy to do. Or we could do that. And that's, you know, you know, you can make that happen, but then it's like, you know, well then in order to make that happen, you have to do this, 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 and this, and right. that maybe is not supported right now, or you're right. going to have to really change some things. I've used venues and people and help, you know, self-help people and just things that have crossed my path that have helped me understand that from a different message you know that's great because sometimes we do have to surrender and i'm actually going to do a podcast on surrender because people think surrender is such a bad thing in fact it's not it's not like i give up and you wave a white flag and then you have to surrender to the forces around you surrender can be a great thing because it helps us emotionally and mentally so um i'm glad we had that little conversation so let's move on a minute so now you went from this suburban life Yes. And I'm going to skip Pennsylvania because to me, that's suburban life as well. And then it was, yeah, it was totally. the big apple. Yes. 
what's that like? Like, I don't, I don't know what it's like <laughs> for somebody to go into New York with fresh eyes. Like, what was that like for you? Oh my gosh. It was in so many ways, it was so liber- liberating. It was so freeing because it was on my terms. I made that move on my terms and I decided to make that move to downsize my life. Actually, you know, I was still dragging my past life with me because I was living that suburban life in Pennsylvania with a three bedroom, two and a bath, half bath town home and all my past life stuff and a yard. And I'm like, kind of to like your, you know, evolution of your thought process of buying your place. I'm like, I'm single. Why do I want to have all this maintenance? If I got to spend $5,000, you know, because my furnace burned out or I don't have that, that expense and responsibility. And I can take that $5,000 and go to Greece. Um, you know, like let's Patty evaluate what your priorities are. And just because I was getting into New York, you know, I was going to New York a lot for work and I just wanted to have that experience. So it, it was all on my terms. And, and I, I went from that suburban three bedroom, two and a half bath house to renting a room out of a house that was shared kind of an Airbnb thing. So I was around all these people, but I had a private section of the house kind of my own way, but it was a house built in the 1900s. Right. You know, I gave up dishwashers. I gave up central air. I gave up heat. I gave, you know, regular heat, you know, you know, I gave up, you know, just all those life amenities and, and what sold it for me, I still had my car. So I had free parking in a driveway that was shared, which saved me everything. But I was in a neighborhood that nobody would move into to be hip. Like I would, I didn't have a view of the skyline. I didn't have like, it was an old Brooklyn neighborhood that the Dutch founded. Right. Beautiful brownstone homes, but it changed in a white faced redhead girl really stuck out in a very Caribbean neighborhood. And people would be like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, I'm living here. And they're like, why? You know, you should be on Park Avenue, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, right now this is, I just kind of downsized and, and it was so liberating that I didn't have, I, I freed myself up, but it was the scariest thing, you know, at the same time. Cause I was just going to ask you how scary was it? Oh my God. It was so scary because I, you know, just engaging and finding the community and I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, kind of my area to, to, to engage in. It really taught me to appreciate the people around you and just living like a local. And if it hadn't been through traveling, if that transition probably would have been much harder for me because in traveling, you know, where are we most vulnerable than when we put ourselves in different cultures and different environments and you get out in the streets, you get out of the hotel room, you get out of the the guided tour and you just walk around, you know, and I just kind of, you know, was able to kind of take that feeling on and just appreciate the beauty of the people. And they were, again, so outreaching, so wonderful, so loving, and just, you know, welcomed me as if I was their own. It, it, it you know, it, it kind of calmed itself down. And I, you know, got used to the subways and the buses. And thank God we had the app. I, I wouldn't know what to how, how you grew up in Brooklyn without having the internet and the apps and the, the maps and how to get around because I was walking in circles, even with all the apps, you well, know, that's what so. we, did. we walked in circles. We took the wrong <laughs> buses. We wound up in like God knows where when at times, you know, but yeah. Was there ever, but it's be- I mean, it was 
it was so beautiful because I, I, you know, I grew up in these suburban self-contained environments to living in the United Nations. I mean, I had Caribbean, I had Ukrainian, I had Hasidic Jews, and I had Irish within three to four blocks around me. I didn't yeah. grow up in that environment. We weren't allowed to go to those, you know, cultural neighborhoods growing up. You just don't do that, you know? So it broke all that down, which was helping me break down myself, you know, and really look at a lot of wholesome, realistic, you know, things of, all right, you know, what's really important here, you yeah. know, and how you engage with people, you know? What do you do when you get to the point where you're fearful enough or frustrated enough or uncertain enough? What do you do to bring yourself back to the point of not being fearful, not being uncertain mm -hmm. or being insecure about a certain situation? <sighs> Breathing. Okay. Yeah. Breathing, going, making sure I'm doing the things that give me grounding and that I'm practicing that. So for me, it's, um, you know, I have to have some kind of physical activity to do that, which puts me in a situation with people that I need to engage. Um, you know, having, having my inner circle, you know, reaching out to them and, and being, um, sharing with them what I'm going through and getting their perspective on it, which they, you know, luckily everybody has been just, I think they, they've appreciated the journey, you know, they, they, they can't understand it, but they, they appreciate it. Um, and maybe even a little envious, a little bit, maybe, right? yeah. <laughs> a little bit, you know, because they're like, we don't like what you're doing and living now. We would never expect you to do this. We would expect you to be the high rise penthouse, you know, and all this. And I'm like, well, I can only afford what I can afford, you know, right. and, you know, there, there are some level priorities here. Um, and then I just, I just try to let all that go. I just try to just take all that anxiety and fearfulness and, and just spin it around of what is good and what is um, healthy about it. And just, because I think you got to live in both places. Like you got to live in that, that place of unknown and uncertainty and, and anxiety in order to just say, okay, now let's live in the place that you should be, you know, and, and, and appreciating that. And, and it's grounding for me, you know, it's kind of like, it keeps you, keeps you wholesome and grounded on it. Sure. Well, I, you know, I, I know that, you know, you talk about grounding and mindfulness, you know, and, and mm -hmm. being aware of your emotions and having to deal yeah. with them. And, I, and, you know, a lot of people, and, and it's true to a point where fear is something that will stifle you, right? If oh, you're in your place and not. However, if we learn to understand what fear is and where it come from, right. come from, it can also propel us. Absolutely. So it sounds Absolutely. to me like you've done that on many times. And it also yeah. sounds to me like you utilize you know, a practice of gratitude, Absolutely. which always supersedes the fear, the anxiety and everything else. Once you start focusing on what you, what you are grateful for, it yeah. really, really helps um, to, you know, to, to make it through the hurdles that we, that we all face in life at some times, yeah. whether you're reinventing or not. Yes. yes. Um, so, no. you know, you have so much passion about everything. Like I said, you're always smiling and, and you know, you're always energetic and I'm, I'm sure you have your own downtimes, whatever we all do. But at the end of the day, Patty, what's your life's purpose? Have you thought about, it? I know it's kind of cliche, 
but like, what's your life's purpose? You know, it's so interesting. You asked that question because, you know, I, I, I've thought about that, you know, recently. And I, and I think more so in the last year, I think we all have kind of scratched our heads a little bit and saying, you know, all right, we've had so much taken away from us, so to speak. Um, what is it that we're really trying to drive? And, and I, you know, for me, it's always just being experiences, showing love, living love, being in the moment, you know, not having to, um, I, and I, this was an evolution, take away the expectations of what my life, I think my life should be mm-hmm. versus where it's actually at and focusing on where it's at and where I want it to be and the reality of that um, and not being so caught up on what it should be and what it should look like. I think the more I can impact people in my daily lives of just making sure they understand their value and their purpose and what they bring to myself and the world, just being empathetic that way. You know, I just, you know, whether it's my work, um, you know, in my, in my personal life and in, in my friends and, you know, just giving back, you know, just, just putting yourself in an environment of just giving back, you know, and it could be big ways and it could be just little ways, but, um, you know, just be happy. I just want to be happy. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, you know, giving back, I could see that because like I said, you know, and I know it's not only me that has felt this from you, you know, just your presence alone is such a gift because you are always, you know, you always have that beautiful smile on your face and you're always so welcoming. And so giving back, I, I could see that as being your passion in life. And I just have to ask this one question, you know, if you could change one emotion that you carry today that holds you back Mm. or you feel that holds you back, what would that be? (sighs) Scarcity, a sense of scarcity. What do you mean by that? Well, I think, I've had to look at scarcity in terms of the lack thereof in my life of relationships, you know, what I, again, what I thought my life should be, um, the experiences, the opportunities as inhibiting, you know, like how can I, how can I be my full self if I don't have this in my life? If I don't have a partner, if I don't have love, how can I be my full self? And that could be, you know, lack of money, lack of home, you know, all those vulnerable places and those, you know, needs that we have, you know, and, and, and I think living in the city and living in Brooklyn really exposed that for me because you are, you are, you know, brought on head first with people in scarcity. Yeah. Right. All the time, you know, and, and the impression that that makes of just, oh my gosh, I, I can have that same level of fear and, and that could hold me back in terms of if I ever get to that place, I never want to be in that place of scarcity, but how can I, what am I feeling that, what am I replacing that with to make me feel whole? You know, I think, you know, so, you know, so beautiful. <laughs> you know I love it. For the self, you know, so that's where, you know, appreciating and the happiness and the self-love and, and, you know, 
having people come in your life and appreciating it may not be everything that you need, but it's certainly as long as they're healthy and they're, they're giving on both sides, you know, why put a definition and label on what's right or wrong, you know? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause we all have our interpretation of that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if it fulfills us, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't thank you enough for being so vulnerable and opening up and your story is just, you know, the way that you've reinvented yourself so many times and we didn't even get into the career aspect of it, but you know, you've just reinvented yourself so many times and again, never, never without a smile, never without that, that beautiful aura that surrounds you. I don't, I don't mean to get very spiritual about it, but you know, that beautiful aura that surrounds you whenever you walk into a room and brightening people's lives. Thank you. That, that means so, so much to me that, that yeah. really does. Um, um, I feel it and I, it, and it's powerful. I know. And, and I, I, I do it, you know, hope, you know, hopefully for that, that presence of making it feel good and not, you know, like, Oh, who's this one? Who's this chick entering the room and what is she? <laughs> she's got everybody else, you know, not, you know, but that just means so much coming from you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I thank you again. And thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. It's so much fun. And I'm so proud of you. I just have to say, you've just talk about reinventing, you know, I just watched you over the 15 years or so that we've known each other. And I have to say you are in the most beautiful place of yourself. I think I've ever seen you and thank congratulations you. to you. Thank really, you. Really. That's beautiful. Thanks so much.